0: Hi everyone, I'm Lee Savalixic, and this is the Arts Bound podcast where I speak with professionals from across the performing arts industry to capture bits of wisdom, insight and inspiration for young people considering careers in music, theater and dance. Today I'm speaking with Aaron White who is a theater artist and educator living in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Aaron has a wealth of experience. He's lived all over the country doing theater, and he has some really wonderful things to share about work in the industry. Here's my conversation with Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how you doing, Lee? Good. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time to talk to us and and, uh, be here on the show. We're excited about
1: it. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah. So uh, I just want to give um, listeners uh, maybe just like a little bit of context about how we know each other, and then we can Mm -hmm. jump into um, you talking all about what you do. So um, you and I went to the same school. We did. um, for for undergraduate you were a a senior you were in your last year when I started as a freshman and (laughs) um I I think we might have even crossed paths for the first time at a at a get together after recital one night it was maybe even Halloween and we were in costume was that uh, really
1: it took it took till October till we met yeah (laughs)
0: um but um you were uh, a theater major you mm-hmm. were part of a, a music fraternity that um I eventually became a member of as well. You also were kind of like the the campus songwriter everybody um <laughs> was somewhat familiar with the songs that you wrote and um you after that we kind of didn't see each other for uh some time. You went and we'll talk about what you did after that, but yeah, it was um, like
1: a decade yeah. but probably longer,
0: yeah and then we we bumped into each other on the street and i learned that you were back in town and um <laughs> i was directing high school musicals and uh my son was um i think in utero and mm-hmm. i knew that i was going to be right. yeah i yeah. was going to be looking for help and so you came on and started doing the artistic direction for our musical and mm-hmm. um and then eventually we uh we started a band together so yeah
1: which yeah. is
0: nice, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, a lot of those things are part of what you do, but, but the band part, mm-hmm. especially, is kind of a side thing. So, um, why don't mm-hmm. you start just by telling people like what is it? What is it that makes up your uh, your professional pie, so to speak, and oh. um, mm-hmm. and maybe like what what brought you to this this point?
1: Okay, um, well the. It's an interesting question right now, simply because, um, a lot of the journey sort of, uh, zigzagged, um, depending upon where I was in, in the course of my domestic life. So, um, the kind of the, the, the 10 years before, between when we saw each other last at, at university and when we happened upon the streets of Williamsport and said, Hey, you live here, you know, that sort of thing. Um, those well, when I know was long. Sorry, I'm trying to think. No, it was it was around that time. It was like yeah, from 2004 to 2014, yeah. basically. That's right. Um, in the, in those ten years, I was very very single and very very <laughs> migratory. Um, I went to grad school. Or, well, I moved to Baltimore for a year after uh, school and just tried to be because I didn't know what a and, and nobody does, really, unless they're in New York while they're at school or in L.A. while they're at school or maybe Chicago, um, the, what it is to be a living and working actor. Um, which was my goal. That was my goal mm-hmm. le- leaving um, college was to, to make a living being a performer. And I had done a whole bunch of other things while at school, while at college. Um, one of the great things about getting a B.A., um, particularly B.A. at Susquehanna, was that you you des- you spent time designing, you spent time building sets, you spent time uh uh, breaking it down plays and thinking like a director, even though you may not get to direct a full time show. I was lucky enough to do that. And you get time uh, learning the craft of acting. So, or at least uh, uh, the rudimentary. You get foundations in all those things. So, a BA is really valuable that way. But for me, being a person who was interested in all of those things, um, it. I I had to come to come to Andy who who is my uh design professor. He was like, You need to pick one. <laughs> you need to pick one at least for a little bit and get really good at something. Yeah. And so um leaving college I chose to be an actor or pursue that. So I I moved to Baltimore simply because my college roommate was moving to Baltimore. He got to go to, right. to um. Oh, what's the school down there? That's awful. Peabody. Uh, Peabody. Peabody. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we the three of us moved down there, um, which is really nice. It's nice to have a community as you're looking at jumping off the diving board into not knowing what a professional life is, um, not knowing not knowing a whole lot. It's real nice to have a community community to support you. So what, and also not being at home. so, you know, if you don't have, (laughs) what's nice about leaving high school and going to college is that you have a sort of some, a huge pool of people to, to begin a community with. You're leaving your home community and making that that community. So in the same way, surrounding yourself with a community of people is really, really helpful. So um, that was valuable having friends in Baltimore, Discovering what it is to be poor, <laughs> or discovering what it is to, to be self-sufficient. Sure. Um, knowing what it means to to not quite make rent, if that's an experience you haven't had <laughs> yet, um, or what it is to live frugally. So, um, I spent a year doing that, realizing what I didn't have in training, which was really valuable. I, I think if I had gone to grad school directly out of college, I wouldn't have been. I I don't know that I would have made. The same choices uh, as I was picking higher ed so it was really valuable to have that year and say I don't know anybody I don't have a network Um, and so I need need to pick a school that will offer me some sort of networking to help me get jobs (laughs) Uh, performing so that was a really valuable lesson that year away Uh, I ended up picking Ohio University and then that program sort of um, it, it the program, as I knew it, evaporated. It's still a great school, and they still do great actor training. But I followed my acting mentor to Houston, and that's where my piece of paper is from, my MFA. Okay. Um, and it was really at grad school. Where it was like, oh, I thought I knew how to act, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 in many ways, I di- I knew the basics, but I did not have. There's so many small things. There's so many small things that um, that I benefited from in just like knowing how to pay attention or how to map your attention and where to place your focus while you're on stage. I'm, I'm primarily a stage actor, um, although the simple <laughs> like we're on a webcam right now, right? right? And, I, and I could look at you. Right. (laughs) And I'm not. Right. Right. I'm very much now now I'm talking to you, you know, and Mm -hmm. and just small things like that. It makes a difference on stage. It makes a huge difference on camera, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're working on film. So um, grad school was really important in those in, in having a knowing what my toolbox was and having a really diverse toolbox. Right. Knowing what it is to act in a, in a realistic way or knowing what it is to fill uh, a huge 20,000 seat. Or not 20. I've never been in a 20,000 seat theater <laughs> knowing what it is to fill a, a 2000 seat theater or uh, if you're outdoors, like doing outdoor Shakespeare and you're on a little disc and a huge park is that way, you know, um, right. that those those are you require different sets of tools to apply to those. Um, different arenas. So that's what grad school really helped me accomplish as well as the network. So after leaving grad school, um, there was um, almost 10 years, not quite, almost 10 years of, of professional work. Um, I moved to New York and was there for three and a half years. Um, I moved. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell that story in a second. <laughs> um, and most of my work was in classical work so the 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 place where i went to grad school had a lot of connections into shakespeare festivals and other classical theaters and so i spent a lot i've, I've played romeo four times and have been in the scottish play six times and, and done as you like it four times and you, you, so you you rack up yeah <laughs> all right. of these shakespeare credits um, in recent years, uh, in central Pennsylvania, which is where I sort of landed, uh, speaking domestically, um, uh, I get to do that. That's what people, people pay me to teach their kids how to do that sort of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the theater I get to make is actually in a really cool way is a lot of newer plays, um. Because of the theater that I, the new community that I have in Central Pennsylvania that will pay me to act, which is limited in Central Pennsylvania, um, they will they'll pay me to do newer plays or the classical plays. Um, not a whole not a whole lot of of canon stuff. It's really interesting. This is another conversation. Uh, but um, doing th- live theater in two thousand and twenty, um, actually, ever since um, the current. Administration is in the White House. Um, a lot of um, a lot of theater is identity theater. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in school, um, I was told work on your Spanish accent or your Latino accent. Work on your um, Middle East was Middle Eastern at the time. It wasn't even specific. Um, work on your Italian accent. Like there, there's a, a bunch of. You're a white male with dark complexion and right. and bushy eyebrows, so <laughs> you should be prepared to play all of these ethnicities, <laughs> you know? And, um, that's, I, I, it's no longer the case where I am, um, particularly in academic theater and in the smaller regional theaters, because there is this push to let people tell their own stories, which is super exciting. Um, I'm, it's a good adjustment to be making. It changes what I get to play, um, in the same way that, you know, um, the, the the similar experiences to how how there were doors closed to different ethnicities so you can't play this because you are this 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 or this that is now it's happening to us white actors with dark hair and, and bushy eyebrows you know sure. uh, in, a, in in a way that wasn't there before which is as it should be you know um so, uh, or it's a, it's an adjustment that needs to happen. It's just interesting writing riding that, learning the new rules with that. Um, so that's a long story. No, that's uh, great. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, but but talking about um, how domestic life changes. So uh, I was mostly the professional uh, single person <laughs> uh, navigating the world, and and a lot of my life was I had. A landing pad, and then I would go elsewhere. So for new for three and a half years, it was New York, and I didn't work at very very little. Did I act in New York? I had um, I was an artist model. I was a waiter. I served Starbucks on the Upper East Side, which you should never do. Um, I lived in in every borough except Staten Island, uh, and I lived in Weehawk, I lived in New Jersey across the, the street. So I I had a bunch of different. I was very migratory and very isolated and never really found a strong community in the city, which is mm-hmm. one reason why I'm I'm still not there, you know, or why I'm not there anymore. I did find a really great community in Pittsburgh, actually, um, and left New York with the intention of going to, to Pittsburgh, because I had a bunch of... I had two contracts at uh, Pittsburgh Irish Classical Theater, and really I dug the city and made good friends and was interested in uh, starting a network there, but I didn't have a car. <laughs> and in Pittsburgh, that can be tough. So uh, I moved back to Pen- central Pennsylvania to my parents to, to save some money to buy a car and get a little nest egg before jumping. And I met my wife doing a play in Bloomsburg. So um, all of which came about because my cousin happened to be running a high school program And he needed somebody to do the fights for Pirates of Penzance, uh, which was in Bloomsburg. Um, And there's a great little theater that is kind of now a hub of my community. It's interesting being a rural, artistic person. um, I still have a jumping off point um, in the same way that New York was my... what did I say? Crash pad. Sure. And then I'd go to Pittsburgh for three months. I'd go to Houston or I'd go to Kilgore, Texas for for the summer. I'd go to the Adirondacks for a certain period of time. I'd go down to Virginia. So I had a bunch of different places that I would go to. Um, that's something that if you go to New York or L.A., agents will say don't do that because you won't get work. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. but but I wanted to be creative. And again, it was probably a reason why I didn't succeed in New York because <laughs> I, I wanted to make good work now instead of hedge bets waiting to wait to make good work. Um, but that's that's what it is. And so I wound up in central back in central Pennsylvania where, where no one will know my name and that's OK. Um, but that took that took a long time for me to to come to terms with um particularly even new york like the uh, february march of my last year in new york 2010 i think mm-hmm. I, I was so depressed i tell the story i was so depressed I, I watched all seven seasons of buffy the vampire slayer and all five seasons of angel uh in february like in the shortest month in the year and <laughs> it was just like i it was so hard to get off the couch and I didn't want to be an actor anymore, and it was it was a really tough time. I was like, this is not a good place for me to be. So I, I chose to change, which was good. But I spent that whole first year out of New York. I, I made more money as an actor than I ever had before, after leaving New York, after I'd left. Um, but... I had to come to terms with um, what success was. Mm-hmm. I had to re- I had to reimagine the measuring stick. Um, and for me, I was most happy when I was acting, or when I was when I was collaborating, making things. Because I was still creative. I do a lot of things. I was making money. I I made in 2010. I made more money painting portraits than I did acting. Okay. Uh, but I was miserable because I was in isolation. It was it was something. I, it, it, that's not a social thing. Like you, it's just you and paint, you know? Right. And I enjoy that, but it's not something that sustains me or keeps me healthy. So, um, I, collaboration is something that I really need. I need to be making things that are fulfilling something that's interesting. Uh, I, I've done plenty of jobs where it's an acting gig, but it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's, Either attention-seeking or sort of this vapid sort of work where it's it's just fluff, and and um, you can make money doing that. It's not something I want to spend all of my time doing. Um, so um, so there needs to be something worthwhile and fulfilling that way. There's a balance because sometimes fulfilling things do not make you money, right? And <laughs> and um, and I need um, I need change for me um constant or or steady work is really really nice but i i get stir crazy so try, trying trying to get those three things where there's a nice diversity of work where there's fulfilling work and where there's collaborative work is is important for me um i don't need people to know my name i mean it's helpful to get work but i don't need uh, you sure. Know, I, 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 right. I, I, I don't need to be a household name. I, I need to be. I need to be on the lips of the people that I work with, huh. or the, the the folks that I like playing with. They go, "Well, Aaron's not doing anything right now." That's where I need to be known. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's what I do. try you know, trying to spend my time keep staying in the minds of, of those people and you know adding on to that group of people because you for me to keep that diversity criteria up i have to have a whole bunch of different groups of people that that like to play with me or value whatever right
0: right um yeah you said just incredible things and a lot of things that that we uh kind of try to instill through some of the the teaching that we do like first of all, mm-hmm. like knowing what is important to you, and like defining mm-hmm. success rather than allowing people to define what success is um because the you know the mm-hmm. everybody sees the big what? names, everybody thinks about well this is means this means that I've made it um but the it's so few and far between, which is why you know. Parents of a high schooler that say, "Hey, I want to study acting, or I want to go in the music, or whatever," get really nervous about like, "Well, how are you going to support yourself doing that? Yeah. Let alone a family." Yeah. Um, but it, then, it, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I, just you're, the what we see, the success that we see most is is a is a very specific kind of success. Yes. Right. But I would I would also say. Um, and I, I teach, I didn't even get to the part where most of the cash that I pull in in central Pennsylvania is as an educator. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach at Susquehanna where, where we went to school and, and various different high schools and different workshops, but particularly for those Susquehanna kids who are nervous because they're, they're studying theater and they, they're looking at, uh, (laughs) you know, what, 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 what what am I going to do? Um, that nervousness is good. The, the task, if you have those nerves is to make sure that if the work that you're doing in college is stressful and not enjoyable, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, if you don't like the work, the, the work of work, the work of making something narrative, then it's probably not your gig or if you're if you're if you're trying it and and falling flat on your face with no successes um and no growth and you're not okay with that rejection <laughs> <laughs> or you're you're, you're not you're, you that it, it's really hard to pick yourself back up and try it again right then then that creative field is is not something for you to make money at It might be something for you it, it that doesn't mean throw it away right it means that it is a rec- you find an avenue where it fills your soul community theater um educational theater where you're teaching people to do it um, then it's a good place for you if, if mm-hmm. you if you have fun most when you're just making when you're just having fun then community theater is a great avenue for you It's a really tough place. Uh, professional theater is a really tough place to to not be able to do that. Like if, if if it is a painful thing to have critique happen to you or have where it's not just fun, <laughs> where, where there there's there's adjustment and uh, and critique and crafting, then you that that's professional theater. You're going to be told no a lot. You're going to be rejected a lot. You're going to be uh, be told. That was good, but it's not what this is. That's not what this moment mm-hmm. is. Can you do something different?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to be able to be adaptable and and be interested and hungry for critique if you're looking at, at the professional world because that's all you're going to get. <laughs> the, 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 you, you will get accolades some of the time. <laughs> and But most of the time, even the good stuff you do, even the stuff that is successful is going to be critiqued, even more so if you're looking for fame and fortune. Sure. You so... Know,
0: so- You know, we so there's this idea of redefining success at a at a personal level, right? So okay, so if I'm not cut out for being a professional (laughs) actor, then then what does it mean for me to be successful as a professional? Um, That's right. And then you also talked about just this like this design of of lifestyle and saying, well, how how does my professional career also fit in with slash support the, the lifestyle that I desire. You and I both right. have a family and a kid and um, which is is an absolutely critical part of our lives yep. that, um, you know, that we have to find ways for what we do artistically to, to support and, and hopefully enrich and enhance that.
1: And success has changed. Right. Because no long, I, I can now be successful creatively but if I'm not successful as a dad and as a father, then I'm not successful, mm-hmm. right? I, mm-hmm. I, I have I have I have three boxes now. I need to check off instead of just one, yeah. uh, or, or or two, because it used to be: Am I successful creatively? Am I happy <laughs> um, as a human, <laughs> right? Happy, happy slash healthy as a human, right? And now I have I have five boxes I need to check off, right? I need dad, uh, husband, creator person. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like me cuz i'm mm-hmm. i'm no good at at those first 3 if i'm not good um on the fourth one, right? Mm-hmm. So, um and, and and ultimately my success is is striking a balance between those three. And striking is a, is a violent word. <laughs> like you, you know, like and and sincerely that at least for me that's what I do. Yep. Like it's not fi- it's not finding a balance or like hugging a balance. Is, <laughs> I, I'm striking a balance, you know. And I probably just I I probably just uh, <laughs> blew out the mic there, but it's it, it's violent, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not good at it sometimes. I I am. Uh, there are times I fail at it, um, but uh, it, right now everything that I'm struggling to find balance for is worth it right there's the, I, I I I don't make time for things that aren't worth it anymore <laughs> you know what I mean sure. like um if there's a place that is more of a struggle to be creative at than it is fulfilling I don't work there anymore sure you know and it, it, it's 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 something along with trying to to garner as many balls as I can keep in the air as possible. There are times where I throw balls away because I, it's not worth the time and I, and it stops me from being a good father. It stops me from being a good husband. And so, um, that's, that's another skill again, which I'm not good at. I'm, I'm, I'm being an actor. (laughs) I mean, I'm probably an actor because I'm a people pleaser, but I'm a people pleaser. Like I, 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 if I'm in a room and not everyone is happy, that's why I'm a good waiter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if if, if I'm in a room and and not everyone is happy, it's really tough for me. Sure. Like that's, that's how I operate socially. Um, And there are times where my wife is looking at me like, "Uh, this, this, this is a ball that should be clearly thrown out. (laughs) Why Mm -hmm. are you not throwing it out? And it's like, because, you know, I feel like I, I need to please those people too. Mm -hmm. So it's something I have to work at. Sure. 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 Yeah.
0: So, in in part of this uh you know the idea here is can can a young person who's looking at a profession uh in the performing arts or someone maybe who's looking to change careers um mm-hmm. fi- like do some actual design work of to say, like, you know, this is my lifestyle. These are the things that I like to do. This is what I feel like I'm good at. This is mm-hmm. the type of critique that I can't take. This is what I can. Um, so could you talk a little bit, um, as you mentioned, like, you kind of picked acting, stage acting as your thing. What mm-hmm. are the other things, like, what are the things that people don't see necessarily <laughs> when they look at theater as a career, but they're like, but you know what, uh, but I know that I'm not going to be a professional stage actor. So, true. B- but I, what else could I
1: do? Right. So, um, uh, it, particularly for acting the, 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 what, what I find a lot of people find challenging is that what is being critiqued is you, right? It's, mm. it's, it, it's a direct, Because ultimately what you're putting on stage is your emotions your impulses your instincts to Mm -hmm. live right and then how to change that for each character Right, and so when you're getting a critique it is something directed at you as an individual like your work is your humanness um, but that's not the only job in theater and 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 that's a really important thing to hear um there are lots of jobs as a musician, as a designer. Uh, in fact, when after Liam was born, when we met uh, in in 2014, I was looking at a life because I have this infant, and my wife was the you know the breadwinner per se, um, and I was looking at a life where I could not go away and do what I was doing before. I couldn't right. go spend three months in Texas because I needed to be. In not not just in Williamsport, in the two foot radius of my kid. <laughs> that's a much smaller that's a much smaller circle. Yeah. You know? So um, so I ended up doing something different. I ended up designing. Um, And designing remotely Um, So I worked um, a lot for Mercyhurst University. I worked for local high schools I worked for um, our local community arts center. I worked for BTE where I had been an actor But now because I couldn't get to rehearsal. I started um, working (laughs) Uh, Started working uh, In my house, you know, so so that design work is still very collaborative. It can mm-hmm. a portion of it is very collaborative. Um, your work is very much away from you. Like I made this drawing, and then you can critique the drawing, right? But you're not critiquing, you know, me, <laughs> um, to to a certain degree. So that that's something that can be really helpful. Um, making other people's stuff uh, be becoming an artisan. If you like working with your hands, if you like painting, if you like building, if you like sculpting, you know, props, artisans, uh, costumes, uh, uh, sets, like making the stuff that other people designed can be really fulfilling. That's something I, I really love to do too. Um, and then even further, um, if you get into it, You find that you like if you if you went to school to be a theater like you're a theater major and you get there and you realize i will never have the skill set that some of my peers have i still love doing it right i still love or or i still love being involved in telling stories but i will never have the skill set that the folks around me have which can be a really hard thing to look at and and be candid about but it's it's something that happens all the time there is such a canyon between theater activists and the theater that, or th- theater appreciators and the people that make theater.
0: Mm.
1: What, what, uh, at least for me, what what the theater really needs are advocates that can put money where their mouth is. Because mm. there are plenty of people that, that try and make it. There's so many people that are interested in making it. There are very few folks that. Um, are willing to sit on boards and be an active board member. There are very few people that are interested in producing it because that's a that's a skill that I wish that I had, like to have a, a, a organized. <laughs> um, regimented mind where I can look at a big picture and make sure all the small pieces are together that I can do it, but it takes so much energy for me. There are people that I know that are, do those sorts of things really, really well. And I, for me to, for me to be successful as a, as a creator, I need to be paired with those people. Sure. Uh, um, so, um, if you find that you love, I love looking at a script and having everything marked and highlighted and ordered and and organized. If you're one of those people, being a stage manager, being a producer, uh, being even an artistic director where you're the boss and need to make sure that you have all the funds (laughs) to to finance all those things, those people are desperately needed to to be successful. Um, Because a lot of times those people are filled up with people that don't necessarily enjoy the work – the art – they're made They're made up with people that are interested in making money or the, the, their goals are entirely different as opposed to, I really want to make content that entertains and is fulfilling and is educational and you know, blah, de, blah, de, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I find enlightening to the human spirit. I'm not good at making it per se or I don't have the skills to make it, but man, can I do this? Let me put my energies into making it in a different way, which is supporting other people. Right. So
0: um, just to like kind of crystallize what you said, what I'm hearing is there are all of these positions in theaters and other organizations, um, board member positions, administrative positions that um, because so many people are, are kind of focused on maybe the, Performance side of things um, Because it's what people see Right, because yeah. it's what people see And it's what people, like, you know uh, I, I think that arts administration um, Is a field That's getting, like, more attention Kind of, pri- yeah. like, you know, there are master's degrees Now Susquehanna has an uh, Arts administration minor um, mm-hmm. I Here I am as Now an arts administrator, arts administrator. As a full-time <laughs> arts administrator um, yeah. That, you know, ten years yeah. ago I had never heard of that As a profession and um, so, but what I, what I hear you saying is that there are a lot of positions like those administrative positions that are um, occupied by business people that don't necessarily have an, appreci- an appreciation for the arts as opposed to artists who are also
1: decent business people. Yeah and, and I mean that's not to throw slings and arrows at No 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 at, of course not just business people but yeah. but they are different they're different fields right and and with different focuses and I've been in I I I've been in organizations where there is a person in that in that CFO or um, financial uh, director or managing director slot where they are advocates for the artistic end of things. And I've been parts of organizations where that person, we are the enemy. Right. Right. You're like, you are wasteful and not helping us make things. Right. So, um, so you know, to be a person who can see both sides of the equation is, is an incredibly, I think, valuable thing for the art. Because ultimately, I was just having this conversation with my wife, who's a librarian, Mm. right? Ultimately, what is the goal? If if you're making stuff without an end purpose in mind, if you're just making to make, right? Sometimes that has value, like if you're trying to generate stuff so that you can call it down to a pristine thing, right? Sometimes that can be really helpful but if you're right now because we're we're recording this what week probably 4 or 5 of the covid-19 quarantine right, right. that's that's when we're recording this um and there's a whole bunch of people desperately trying to make content mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Be, because that's the only way that our product can reach people is if we make content right The making of the content is unimportant if you don't know why you're making it. Like all of a sudden you take it out of the place um, if you're an educator or if you're – in the case of my wife, she's a librarian and a programmer for libraries. And so their whole point is trying to promote literacy of all sorts, right? Right. And if all of a sudden your content isn't to promote literacy but just to make stuff – to, to entertain, all of a sudden we have this glut of children right. with nothing to do because we don't have school, right? And and so stick them in front of a screen, okay. But what, wouldn't it be great if you stuck them in the front of the screen and it offered them, you know, the service that you were providing in-house, now you're providing it over a screen. Right. You know, so that... Um, why was I talking about that? Oh, because, <laughs> sorry, that's a very, currently, that's a nerve that's on the skin. Of mm. um, but um, if you are a managing director or a financial officer in, a, in, art, in, a, in an artistic institution, making sure that that we're all pointed in the same direction is really important because making money to sustain it, particularly if you're in a not-for-profit, I'm speaking mostly on a not-for-profit basis for profit theater. It's a, that's a different beast. In sure. You sure. There's a reason it's for profit. It is to make profit. <laughs> right. Um, but if you're in a not-for-profit, uh, arena and you have a CFO or a producing, uh, off a uh, producing partner who isn't really interested in the artistic goal of, of that entity, that can be really tough and can can actually deter the progress of the organization rather than um, sustain it or sure. promote it. You know? Sure. So, yeah. That, sure. That's my two cents. That's from the artistic background. I'm, I'm throwing mud <laughs> from the other side for some of those folks, I'm sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: um, this has been great. This has been awesome. I think that uh, uh, a lot of what you've shared, um, a lot of your your story and your just path to getting where you are, um, not only is very real. Right. Like you said, it's kind of just <laughs> yeah. a, a real snapshot of what it means to to go into the, the performing arts. I just had another interview um, with uh, Walt Straton, who's a, a music merchandiser, mm-hmm. and he talked all about how um, the career is just it's going to be a quilt it's going you know right. it's going to be a, a patch here and a patch there um sometimes those patches work really well together sometimes you know as time goes by this patch gets a lot bigger and this one gets a lot smaller um mm-hmm. because there's just there's a lot of other things that um that we find ourselves getting ourselves into as well and so mm-hmm. um so it, like just very real and also just really kind of connected with a lot of uh, what we try to teach um in, in terms of like kind of figuring out what's most important to us and um thinking about what me- what it means to uh be successful you you talked a little bit uh, uh well maybe I, another time we'll have you back and we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> your your year in baltimore because the the uh mm-hmm you know people are talking about a gap year right um right. people talk about a gap year between my like my wife took a gap year between high school and undergrad and mm-hmm. you you more or less effectively had a gap year between undergrad and graduate school um sure. and i you know maybe i'll do an episode all about gap years and we could talk again <laughs> about like what what do you what, how can you be intentional in a gap year while mm-hmm. still allowing the space for reflection right how do you how do you engage that time in a meaningful way that kind of helps drive you forward
1: yeah, and inevitably and this probably is a different conversation but but um inevitably as an artist, you will not be artistic to make money right that and, and often a lot of parents talk about that thing to fall back on or whatever mm-hmm. um, the financially and we can talk about the gap year but but just talking about what it is to be a creative person and to make that the priority um because and to make being creative be financially compatible right um is is something to learn so a lot of uh, only actually ever only since Liam has been born is, is is the first time in my life, and that's been almost six years, right? He's coming up on six, um, and even his first year and a half, I was still I was still a bartender. I was still um, doing Sunday brunches or like two two nights a week at a restaurant. Um, it was the this is the first six year first five years of my life that I've not had a not creative job, hmm. and so out of a twenty year career, I mean if you count college i mean no let's not count college so uh, 16 years right 16 years as a professional creative person i've had maybe four and a half that i've not had a job where i'm waiting tables or i'm serving you know you know for some folks like i i i write too i i I, (laughs) sorry because I'm currently... I, I lie. I work for Geisinger, and I, I... It's still creative, but I'm writing copy. I'm doing... Uh, for their standardized patient program. Okay. So that's 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 another thing I have in the air. It's still tied to, to acting. I train actors. I train people to be standardized patients, and I write scripts for them in within the cases. But it's still serving something that is... It's not my own. It's still fulfilling and important, but it's not, you know creative right um i don't know, I, you'll have to find a way to edit all this uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but it's important what what that gap year can be really helpful for is understanding w- what it is to make ends meet while still being creative mm. and 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 that's that's something i still i still have all of my friends fall on their faces that way um or they've realized that creativity does not m- Does not fit into that equation. That there are other ways for them to stay creative and not make it an integral part of them making ends meet. Um. And and it's something that's really important to me. Being creative, like I'm not me if I'm if I'm not not creative. It needs to be a large part of my day. Right. And um. And it's what I want to be spending my time doing and getting paid for. Um, but that may not be the case and is probably most often not the case for, for people. So a gap year could be really helpful in teaching you what that balance is. So cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You bet. Well, great seeing you, even if Good just, seeing you too. yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps when, uh, all of this is over and we make our way back out to Williamsport, we'll, we'll, uh, see do each this other in person. Yeah. Thanks to Aaron for a great interview. If you are considering a career or a career change in the performing arts, you can learn more about our wayfinding programs at artsboundcareerdesign.com. Our theme music is composed by Chris Lidecker. I'm Lee Savaliksik. Thanks for listening.